0: Hello and welcome to Encounter, the show that brings you the life changing encounters of ordinary people that launch them into the lives of extraordinary mission. My name is Patrick Rice. I'm joined in studio with my friend and brother in Christ, Dan Dimitri. Yeah, what's up, Patrick? Dan, really excited today. We have an amazing guest. His name is Brian O'Donnell. Yeah. we He goes way back with both of us, and he's he's been serving on staff with Encounter Ministries this past year, and he, uh, he, God is calling him into something amazing. But I believe God is calling us into an amazing encounter today, and I think we need to
1: pray to open our hearts for that. Can you lead us, Dan? Praise the Lord, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father, I just ask right now that during this next hour, you will give us your heart. Lord, I just want to be able to love your people like you love your people. Father, we just pray for a complete heart transplant right now, Lord, that you would uh, place your heart in us. Allow us to just uh, to be broken over the things that break you and to be joyful over the things that bring you great joy, Lord. I pray that all the things of this world would pass away and we'd only find the treasures of heaven in our heart. Father, I thank you
0: that what, you, what what's intended for evil, you bring good out of it. And so, Lord, I pray that today, as we hear what you've done um, through a lifestyle of sin, you actually are going to be using for your redemptive purposes. So, Lord, I pray that you would give our listeners today an understanding of what you're calling them into based on the conversion that they've experienced. And for any of those who have not encountered you, I pray that the Holy Spirit, you would convict them through this show. And in Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen so Dan, I'm really excited actually I don't want to spend a whole lot of time I really want to focus on Brian's testimony but I, I do want to discuss a few things to to prepare our listeners okay now I really I, I, Brian's testimony I think is such evidence to the reality like we're in, in in Romans 5 Paul talks about where sin abounds grace abounds all the more mm. and what like the enemy tries to use um, against us to pull us away from Christ. God will use those same things that the enemy tried to, to to wound us with. He'll use those same things as weapons against the enemy. He'll do it.
1: Yeah. What do you mean by that? Patrick? What I mean, it's kind of like this. Um,
0: let's say the enemy uses, uh, you know, um, pornography, impurity, and all these things to, to pull you away from him. Well, God will actually like, will, 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 he'll, he'll, he'll meet you right in that mess. He'll pull you out. He'll pull you out of it. And then those people become, I mean, the greatest chastity speakers, the greatest, I mean, they have, they, they know what it's like they've been there. And because they've conquered that thing in Christ, with Christ and through Christ, it's like they have an authority over these things in, in the spiritual realm. Mm. And I, I think what, I think that's an important issue. So where, like, where were you, um, where the enemy had gotten you before when you conquer something, you have authority over it and you can actually be used by God, to pull other people out of those same things. And we need to, we actually, I think when when we come to recognize the the, the authority we have through our victories, we come to know what our destiny is. Mm, That's a
1: good word. Yeah. Yeah, no, I just think it's like, we need to understand that we're a powerful people, right? That we're Mm -hmm. not, we don't, we, the Lord doesn't want to, to allow us to stay victims for our whole life. He wants to move us from victim to victor. And that, that once we rise triumphant with him, uh, we share in his victory. Mm-hmm. And, and, and as men, uh, sons and daughters, we, we have authority uh, in this world to really operate to bring the kingdom. And we're going to just hear in Brian's story just this, uh, the, the value of, uh, his heart bringing the kingdom of God here and now. And I just think there's something powerful about how, like, as you're s- speaking, Patrick, a lot of the things of this world—they um, they, they almost—they're seductive, right? They try to seduce us and they pull us into it. And a lot of times, if if we allow the things of this world to pull us into them, um, we uh, we we lose ourselves, right? But when we strip ourselves of the things of this world, we find ourselves and mm-hmm. and we gain uh, not not earthly treasure, but heavenly treasure. And and I I think what we'll see in Brian's testimony is the more. Uh, he has stripped himself of the things of this world. The more the Father lavishes heaven's treasures mm-hmm. on him here and now. And and I think that's just so important that we can have a foretaste of heaven here and now, right? That God wants to bring thy kingdom come, that will be done, that the kingdom can come now in, in our spiritual lives.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's that, that amazing truth. That like God or Jesus doesn't just want to get you to heaven. He wants to get heaven inside of you. Amen to that. And, and uh, what's
1: heaven inside of that? I want heaven inside. I of me, right?
0: <laughs> and, and and that I think that's good news. Um, yeah, and so actually there, uh, one, there's a, a verse from First Corinthians two that's always it's always quoted at funerals. Okay, but I think what we what there's so much more we can get out of this verse here. It's First uh, Corinthians two, verse nine. But as it is written, what night, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard nor the heart of man conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. And usually we stop right there and we're like, Oh, we don't know what God's prepared for us in heaven. But then verse 10 says, God has revealed to us through the spirit for the spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For what person knows a man's thought except the spirit of man, which is in him. So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, But the Spirit, is which is from God, that we might understand the gifts bestowed on us by God. So that verse 10 is, but we have, God has revealed to us in the Spirit. Paul's actually not talking about the afterlife. He's talking about this life. Mm. What God has prepared for for you, you don't even know because you don't have the Holy Spirit yet. But when you do, he's going to reveal these mysteries, these beautiful things. And I think that um, we should expect to have mystical encounters that actually like you t- like you talked about give us a foretaste of what we have to look forward to so that we can have faith that what we're saying
1: is actually true yeah definitely i think that sometimes we place limitations uh on our own spiritual lives by saying, Oh, well, I'm not a saint, so these things can't happen to me. But like that doesn't make sense because uh all the saints were human beings at one point, right? They were they are ordinary. When did they stop being human beings? <laughs> well, Dan? Oh, that's a good point. Uh, no, they are ordinary humans like here here in life. And God uh blessed them with gifts, right? And so we want just like we want God to bless us with gifts and, and to be ready and open that God uh, may pour out gifts that that uh the we we weren't expecting mm-hmm. he's a god he's an unexpected god and i think we need to go to an
0: unexpected break dan you're listening to encounter a co-production of saint gabriel radio and EWTN radio and carried across the EWTN global catholic radio network we're going to take a break but when we come back we're going to hear an incredible story from brian o'donnell and the mission that god's calling him into
2: stay tuned Ever wake up and have your brain just start racing, trying to solve every problem in your life? That's okay. Your brain's just doing what it's supposed to do. It's a problem-solving machine. And while that can be helpful, if you don't keep it in check, that can be really stressful. St. Paul tells us what to do in that situation. He wrote, Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, think about such things, and the God of peace will be with you. Paul wrote that from prison while awaiting trial and execution, so he had plenty of things to obsess about, but he didn't. He thought of things above, and that led to his peace and joy even behind bars. When you find yourself obsessing, read an uplifting book, or better, try the Gospel of John, or maybe pray a rosary. But whatever you do, get in the driver's seat of your own thoughts and focus on what lifts you up, not what drags you down. For more from my book, I Am, visit RewriteYourName.com. I'm Chris Stefanik from Real Life Catholic.
0: Welcome back to Encounter, the show that brings you the life-changing encounters of ordinary people that launch them into lives of extraordinary mission. We are joined in studio on the show with Brian O'Donnell. Welcome, Brian.
3: Hey, what's going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Like I said, Brian has been serving um, on the staff of Encounter Ministries for this past year and has an incredible testimony. I'm so excited for you guys to hear it and for the mission that God's called him into after this year. So Brian, welcome. I'm yeah, so excited to um, I'm excited. Yeah, dude. So, can you I mean, we always start off with we want to know like where do you come from? What's your family of origin? What was your faith life growing up? Just paint paint a picture for us.
3: Yeah, I was um raised in Fremont, Ohio. A big city up in uh Northwest Ohio. And uh typical uh, cradle Catholic family. I'd say I've listened to your show plenty of times in you hear these stories about, um, uh, Oh, I was raised, but I never had this experience. Uh, that was kind of my life growing up. I believed in Jesus. I, uh, prayed my prayers at night. I would, uh, I would say prayers with my family at mealtimes or when something went wrong or somebody was sick, but I just didn't have that deep relationship. I wasn't reading scripture every day. Um, uh, I wasn't hanging out with people that that was the focus of their life. Uh, and, um, but it, it was just, uh, I didn't get into really a lot of big trouble. You know, I was, but, but
0: you did get into trouble later. later
3: on. I did. I got in some serious. Tell us uh,
0: about that. That was in college, right?
3: Yeah. By the time I got to college, uh, I went to Ohio Dominican and, um, I just slowly started to fall into the the drinking and the drugs, and by the time I was a a senior, I was starting to flunk classes. I was living on Ohio State campus with a bunch of friends from home, and I just started to get into harder drugs and um, slow that slow de- uh, decline. Um, and I just couldn't finish my degree. I had no direction in life. I had no desire except to hang out have fun party and um chase girls uh it was just a really the life was just being sucked out of me slowly mm-hmm. you know and the the drugs just started to um, to dry me up and um but by the time I was about twenty five I had a really um this moment in my life that just really impacted me. I was in a, a major car accident. I was uh, at a friend's bachelor party. I, I forget my wallet. They're going to go out have fun. And I said, I'm going to go home get my wallet. I'll meet you there. On my way home, I was with one of my uh, uh, buddy's brothers. He was in the passenger seat. And I get in a construction zone. I get in a crash. And... um When I'm getting out of my car, I get hit by this car that was going about 65, 70 miles an hour and just... uh,
1: Your body was physically hit?
3: uh, It hit the tail end of the car and I was smashed uh, by the door and it crushed my leg. Wow. And I was laying on the ground and um, the car flipped over my car and then it caught on fire and... um, my first instinct was to try to help them. And I, I couldn't, I looked down and I couldn't walk. My leg was just mangled up. So at that point I just laid, uh, on the ground. I crawled over to the car and put my head on the seat. And I thought I was, um, I could just feel the life going out of me. And I just remember thinking I'm going to hell. Um, right now, I haven't done anything for God. Um, This life is over, and I was just ready to die at that moment. I just laid there. The life was going out of me, and um, next thing you know, I'm just being pulled and dragged away by this uh, fireman, and uh, I go into emergency surgery. Uh, I had a severed artery, actually, so I could have very easily bled out. And uh, I just remember everybody uh, saying, uh, "God's got big plans for you." Uh, this is just unbelievable what happened, and I was just so arrogant. I just, I would just, whenever I heard anything about God, I would just um, shut down. Shut down immediately. Just stop talking about it. But I, I just really kept reflecting on that. I really did believe that God saved me that night i really felt the presence of uh, my guardian angel as i reflect back on that because i just remember that impact and i just remember feeling a presence there that Mm -hmm. protected me and i know i just kept looking at pictures of that car and it was just like a piece of tinfoil and i thought lord as i reflected later I, I know the Lord was with me that night, but at the time, you know, I was arrogant.
0: It didn't like scare you straight.
3: No, it didn't scare me straight. Uh, the one thing I do remember is when I woke up for my surgery, the next day there was a priest there and he was, uh, I felt a real peace and my Catholic identity was still, there was still something there that I could relate to him. And I was so at peace and happy that he was there. But, uh, I might have been going through my mind that I was going to try to change. Um, but immediately, as soon as I uh, started to get better, recover, went through about a six-month uh, recovery period before I could even walk again. And um, the the crazy thing about it was is that I actually got a huge settlement out of this thing. Um, the accident ended up not being my fault and i get a ton of money and it was just off to the races uh i i had all this money and i was still living the party lifestyle and so i just started doing more things i started getting involved in harder drugs uh, uh bigger parties just and it just didn't stop it just kept getting worse and worse and worse and the addiction got worse and um, I just would look forward to those weekends and I would go out and buy these drugs and I was hanging out with people that um, I shouldn't be hanging out with. And um, I just remember one time I was out with some friends at another uh, bachelor party and at this time I was trying to break my uh, addiction on my own. I didn't have God in my life. But I knew I couldn't do this anymore. I knew I couldn't keep putting these drugs in my body. I just kept getting... I was getting older. My body was getting weaker. And every time, I just couldn't recover from these um, these binges that, that I would go on. So I i went out with the intention. I'm going to go. I'm going to support my friend. But I am not going to do any drugs. Um, and uh, next thing you know... I'm out into the wee hours of the morning. I'm with these people that are just totally insane. And I um I find my my one friend almost um they they were uh fighting with this guy, this drug dealer, and he almost um uh, he pulled a knife on him and he almost uh, he could have stabbed him, you know, and you think you would want to get out of there, you know, mm-hmm. not me. I just, I wanted to be around the drugs. So all my friends leave. I stay with this guy that pulled a knife on my friend and I'm with him and his sister. And, um, the whole night was just insane. The guy I'm sitting there thinking, this guy is totally insane. Um, but I could care less cause I had the drugs there mm-hmm. and, um, I make it out um I finally get a ride home the next morning uh It took me a day or two to recover because I had done so many drugs, and um I was just reflecting what are you what are you doing you know and then um at the time I was working uh, a night audit job at the at these hotels by the airport. And every morning, I'd go through this routine, and I would um, read the paper, and it was just sports, life, all these other things that I would read about, but I would never pull out the metro section, you know, the part with the obituaries Mm -hmm. and the crime and all. It just never interested me. But that night, something was telling me, pick up the metro section, and I did. I pulled it out. And right on the front page was this guy. The uh, drug dealer? The drug dealer. uh, Double murder. And my heart just dropped. He had had, um, wanted to rob somebody of some drugs, and he was with another guy. And he just busted the guy's uh, door down, shot him. And they went on the run, and the other guy that he was with uh, turned a gun on himself, committed suicide. And then this guy that I was that I had met a few nights earlier was up for a double murder. They had caught him, and he was going to prison. Wow. And um, I knew that God was speaking to me in that moment. I knew there was no way that that was an accident. That I just picked up that. Paper that day, he was just telling me, listen, you tried to do this on your own and you can't, and um I saved you again, and are you gonna are you gonna do anything about it? And that was a real a turning point for me, I think.
0: And then you also so you picked up the metro section, but I know you picked up a Bible at one point. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, how did that happen?
3: So right around that time, um, I was working and every night this undercover cop would come and uh he would talk to me uh just trying to be a friend and he had when he would pull up he had all these uh different crosses on his truck and everything and i would just say oh no here comes the jesus freak again Mm -hmm. just oh just
0: he was an undercover cop he was really an undercover missionary (laughs) He he was doing
3: god's work for sure i wish i could see this guy um tell him how much i i'm grateful but um he just got to know me as a person and all the arguments that i was throwing up all these false philosophies he was telling me hey i I've, I've been there you know why don't you try uh this philosophy it's it's called jesus uh, <laughs> and uh i was the open minded guy okay you know i'm open minded i'll mm-hmm. in my mind i was saying i'll talk to him and i'll prove him and i'll prove to him what is um what's true what's not i still believed in jesus in some sense um uh, the the reality, but I I just wasn't into changing my life to right. that extent, and um, so he gave me this book called uh, Case for Christ. I read that, and it really it really impacted me. I started to realize there's this is true, this is truth. Uh, but uh, at the same time, there was this Catholic study Bible that was in the Lost and Found. Mm-hmm. And because
0: you were lost and needed to be I found. I was
3: so lost. Yes. <laughs> and this thing, I was just thinking, who leaves a Catholic study Bible in <laughs> their hotel room? You know, what? It's big green with a yellow thing. How do you just misplace a Catholic st- But it's sitting there just staring me in the eyes every single night. There would be about two, three hours, nothing to do. And, um,. Finally, I just said, all right, I'm just going to take this thing home. I'm going to read it.
0: So you stole a Catholic study I, su-
3: <laughs> <laughs> I stole
0: it. I stole it. And it's, it's before so- you conversion, oh, So man. I think we're going to look <laughs> well, beyond it.
3: It's actually funny because I gave an interview about this before. And um, when they printed it, <laughs> the guy ch- changed everything <laughs> as far as the testimony to make it look like, I didn't steal
0: the... <laughs> but, said, the but listeners, you're steal- hearing it here. You're hearing I, the real story I, here. I,
1: I, it's okay that you did drugs, but don't steal the I study Bible. I didn't steal
0: it. He, the word is sweet as honey, but, I mean, yeah. the word is even sweeter when it's stolen, right? He said
3: something like, oh, well, I, I took it, but then I knew I could bring it back at any time. Because, <laughs> no, no. you know, if uh, I didn't say that. You know, I yeah. I took it. This was mine. I was taking...
0: <laughs> so Keep going, Brian. Yeah, so. anyways,
3: um, after I stole this Bible, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, uh, I just started devouring the Word. I couldn't get enough, and uh, I got to John chapter 6, and that really just hit me like a ton of bricks, because I knew it was all true. I knew the Eucharist was all true. And by this time, I had started going back to church on Sundays. And I just still felt connected to the Catholic Church. So that's where I went. You know, Mm -hmm. Sundays I was going to church and I was telling everybody I'm so excited and they could care less. You know, Mm -hmm. all my friends are just going, thinking I'm going through another phase. And, um, but it was the Eucharist. It was the, that, moment when I opened up John chapter six, there was no doubt in my mind that the Eucharist was real and that it, it was eternal life that God was, um, using the Eucharist to, to make me like him. Mm -hmm. And I started to see this in my life uh, when I would be, I was able to change things that I previously couldn't change Mm -hmm. through the power of the sacraments
0: Mm. Now, tell, you developed a devotion to Our Lady. Oh, yeah. Tell us about that.
3: Yeah, so um, I was going through a really hard time, and this was fast forward maybe a couple years, year and a half, and um, I just asked this woman at the Catholic bookstore, "What do you have any advice, do you have any books uh, on this subject? And um, she said, well, have you ever tried praying the rosary? And I had been hearing Catholic radio, and i by this time I'm listening to Catholic radio, and I heard some of the shows on mary and even as a child i I had always loved the blessed mother and um so, but she showed me the fifteen promises, and I was you know I believed it I saw this there was no um, doubt in my mind that this was true, mm-hmm. and I go, "Wow, you pray this? You go to heaven? You pray this? You'd... Why wouldn't I do that? I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna make the commitment every day to pray a rosary. I can do that. So, but the very first time I'll I'll never forget praying that rosary. I just heard this voice, this soft voice, say, "I want you to give me everything," and I thought, "You're going nuts." You're losing your mind. <laughs> uh, this is not real. Voices. I am not going to give you everything. Mm-hmm. And um, so it was about a month later. I, I Every time I would pray this rosary, I'd just have this immense peace come over me. And one particular morning, I would fall asleep with the rosary in my hand. And I woke up early in the morning. My parents were in the next room. They were spending the night at my house. And I heard this audible voice and it just said my name, Brian. And it was a woman's voice and it was so soft and so sweet. It was just, I, at first I got up and I thought, is that my mother in the next room? And And she was sleeping. There was nobody up. And I know that was the blessed mother speaking to me. And, um, I have no doubt in my mind now that that she's uh, she just started helping me to come to her son in an even closer and deeper relationship and it was shortly after that that I found out about eucharistic adoration mm. and the the 24 hour chapels and I would just live in those things you know I just could not get enough of Jesus and I would go in there and I would have this presence come over me. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, and I thought, what is everybody doing? This must be happened to everybody that comes in. You get hit with this presence. And, um, I just could not get enough of it. I was over at, um, this adoration chapel whenever I could get a chance, whenever I had a spare moment and then i just began to tell people about jesus and the blessed sacrament and um that really became my thrust was just uh, how many people could i tell about jesus and the blessed sacrament um and just bring them there and let mm-hmm. them experience jesus that was really so
0: good wow so you became like a sacramental evangelist oh yeah that yeah, was that's uh, awesome so but now tell me we um we we got to keep on track so you ended up joining the franciscans immaculate right yeah yeah so tell us how you know how'd you get involved in that
3: you know we have about three minutes for that segment sure so um i i told you i heard that voice say i want you to give me everything i didn't know what that meant but slowly i started to get rid of all of these belongings that I had, I didn't have any desire for them anymore. Um, I had a pretty extensive book collection. I was a big reader and it was really painful for me. I would go over to half price books and drop off a um, a box at a time. And it was just super painful for me because I had this big library and I used to love it when people come over and sit and talk about books and but I just slowly started getting rid of all my possessions and I found myself just uh, living in this bare house uh, and I was so happy because all I wanted to do was pray and tell people about Jesus and the more I would get rid of the better i was just starting to give away my money to people i would see the homeless the poor Mm -hmm. i would just give them 50 bucks 100 bucks you know here just and i would just be so happy um to give away things and um just be totally free and i got to know these sisters and they would let me come on retreat out at their uh hermitage and discern they knew i was discerning I was discerning the priesthood, but I didn't know much about religious life. And um, eventually they got to know me. I would go with them every week and work with the poor at the soup kitchen. And they just looked at me one day and they said, you know, you have a real Franciscan heart. Why don't you go visit a Franciscan uh, monastery and see if you like it? And it was uh, about a seven, eight hour drive i didn't want to do it but i promised them that i would and i i went and i just remember walking in that uh first day they didn't pamper you they weren't trying to um put on a show Uh, they just as soon as i walk in they hand me the scrub brush and they told me to get to work
1: (laughs) yeah yeah this is
3: awesome you know i love it and um I would work hard all day and then go pray. It was poor. the The tables in uh, the dining room were just so bare and poor, and the uh, food was bad. And uh, I loved it, you know.
0: <laughs> it was... You should start a restaurant yeah. for like <laughs> bad food for like, people that have a poverty desire.
3: <laughs> I could provide that easily. Okay. Yeah. So, um,
0: how much how, how much time did you spend there? So I was there six years. Wow. wow, that's so good. I mean, I'm sure you could tell story after story yeah, yeah. about that. But... It was a
3: great experience. I I just loved it. Um, the prayer life was beautiful, yeah. and the brothers I met there were really striving uh, to seek God. And and I lived with Jesus. You know, that mm-hmm. was that was the best that's part. So good.
0: So I love this part because you ended up coming to. Uh, minister at Catholic Youth Summer Camp with Dan. That's right. And mm-hmm. do a summer, I think. With, summers, uh, yeah. A summers, f- yeah. A few summers. Yeah. And that's where we met um, mm-hmm. at Catholic Youth Summer Camp. I was bringing students from uh, the youth group that I was with at the time. Um, and then we, we met. And I remember, um, if you know anything about the show, you know that, like, science, wonders, and miracles are a big deal. And so one of the things I would do is take prayer calls for people that were sick and go pray for healing. And one night we had a uh, a call... I I was going to go pray with um, a a guy whose son-in-law had like a neck injury and was going to have to have a really, really high risk neck surgery. And so I remember being like, uh, you guys are all asking me questions about healing. So I'm like, how about you just come come and learn about it? So Brian, tell that story from your perspective and what that whole process, you know, how that shifted things.
3: Yeah. So this was my second year at camp by that time. Um, First year, I just had a blast with Dan. We were... Uh, I came with another friar. We had so much fun. Um, the next year we came back, we were given permission to come for two weeks. So as soon as I get into town, I start hearing all these stories about these healings, you know, and this was uh, just a follow-up to your big uh, St. John Newman uh, healing conference that you had. And Everywhere I'd go, I'd just hear these stories about this person was healed, this person was healed, and we started to ask questions. And then one, the other friar I was with, he um, he saw you and he talked to you when you were out at camp. So he said, "Hey, Patrick wants to go." Uh, it was a Wednesday night. I really, it, I was just giving everything I could at camp. I was really tired. I didn't want to go, but um just something pulled me and I I went, it was late at night. We walk in the house and um, well, even on the way, you're just telling us um, the stories and it just seems so natural and so simple. And uh, I could just see by your faith, you know, the, the way you were talking that you had confidence and that healing was real. So that really drew me. And then when we came into the house um this man was just hunched over he couldn't he was young and my heart just went out for him because it to be that young and to just be in that much pain and um i just had a real compassion welling up in my heart but i still was hands off i was afraid to lay hands on people i was Standing back, Uh, but then as you led us in prayer, and um, he started to feel a little improvement, uh, something started to break in me. Something, uh, my mindset started to change. So I just started to creep in closer. You
1: know, I (laughs) want to get in on this. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I'm uh, I'm up there,
3: and uh, so Patrick had um, led him through some prayer exercises as he started to get improvement we would stop we would do some praise and worship and then start praying again and i remember you saying um if you're inspired to do anything uh just go ahead and do it say a prayer whatever and i carry around this um, uh relic of padre pio
0: yeah, and <laughs> Brian carries around relics like drug dealers <laughs> carry around drugs. It's 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 quite the habit. <laughs> I love yeah, it. Yeah,
3: um, if you got any, just send them my way, yeah. please. Especially Saint Therese. But um, anyways, the uh, so I pull out this relic. Something tells me to pull out this relic, and this is about the third time we had prayed for the guy, and uh, he had mentioned that he had pain shooting from his. Uh, the right side of his neck, all the way down to his thumb. So I just decided to pull this relic out and place it on his right arm. And then I think you asked him, do you notice anything different? And he had mentioned that he felt some kind of uh, a tingling or an electricity shoot down his arm where I placed the relic. And I was just blown away by that, but the the thing that really blew me away was afterwards, uh, when we were done praying, he's feeling better, he's up moving around, but then his wife comes over to me and she said, um, that was unbelievable, right uh, before you pulled that Padre Pio relic out, something was telling me that I need to start praying to Padre Pio, praying, asking for Padre Pio's prayers, and then you pull out this relic, mm-hmm. and um, that just... Blew me away. That whole night was amazing. We rode home with um, one of our friends, Matt Slater, and he was telling us about his own healing. So that really just launched me into wanting to pray with everybody I could for healing. Mm. So
0: good. So um, Brian ended up. You end up coming, and um, you know, tell the story about the transition.
3: Yeah. So. I continued to stay in touch with uh, Dan and uh, it was um, actually the following. I would come in and I would do these um, retreats and I was uh, doing a retreat in Columbus and it just happened to coincide that with uh, your encounter conference that year, I was going to be able to come to the last night and um I was su- I was super excited ab- about coming and I came I met Father Matthias uh I w- had just an awesome prayer time with him and just something happened to me when I when I met him um I just felt this arrow shoot into my heart and at first i thought wow did i have too much coffee or something <laughs> my, my heart was beating so hard it was coming out of my chest and he was able to speak some words over me and um that really some words of knowledge that really impacted my life and um but a couple of days later after that um uh, after that night at the conference, uh, Dan invited me, and we just wanted to come out to the camp to pray with him and some of the missionaries. At the time, I think he had about two or three missionaries there. Four. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. So it, it was um, you know, just the beginnings of the camp, and it was just getting um, launched. And then um, it was nine in the morning. we come, and we were just doing praise and worship in the chapel, and... All of a sudden, I just started getting super hot and uh, my something was turning in my stomach and I didn't have any idea what was going on. I close my eyes and I see this vision of St. Michael, the archangel with the big sword in his hand, <laughs> and I'm going, wow, what? Is, okay, what's going on? And um, I go up to Dan and I said, I think I'm being filled up with the Holy Spirit. So he just takes me to the back of the chapel and he lays me down. And all of a sudden, it just is like the heavens opened up and this flood of the Holy Spirit just started to come into me so powerfully that I just started shaking on the ground. I was... It was like I was having a seizure or something.
1: <laughs> like, I actually thought I thought Brian was gonna die and I'm there praying over it, and I'm like, How am I gonna explain this to the medics that like this guy was blasted by the Holy Spirit and then he died and yeah, that was uh it was amazing what God was doing. It was kind of a uh an ecstasy state of like being yeah. being taken into the heavens.
3: I was definitely in an ecstatic state. I um I felt like I was coming out of my body and i don't know it it seemed like it lasted forever um and everything just got uh quiet in there and they were just staring (laughs) at me and uh aaron and dan are praying over me and they're saying more more and i'm saying no no please i'm gonna die um
2: uh,
1: but actually saying no well it was uh it
3: was just a very intense experience and um they it just continued is, yeah. continued all that week. I would have these experiences and then the guys I was with, I um I said, Hey, let me pray over you and then the same thing happened to them.
0: Yeah. We should have um Catholic ecstasy retreats, Dan at camp. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no comment. All right. We'll move on from I don't that know suggestion. how to process that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see the flyer for that one, Dan. <laughs> all right, keep going.
3: Well, I would just go into these states for that lasted a couple months. That's
0: amazing. So then God called you to 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 come to Columbus um help out with with everything that's going on here. You've been doing you've been working with Encounter, going to the, you know, doing formation and school ministry stuff. And then all of a sudden, um you start going and going to the soup kitchens. God starts calling you down there. Yeah. So really I want to get we don't have a ton of time to give a play-by-play, but every week brian goes to soup kitchens he'll go ride the bus and just like evangelize people he's walking powerfully in words of knowledge prophetic uh, prophetic gifting uh healing and he's just bringing it to the streets especially to the homeless so can you tell our listeners like two stories about like um going to the soup kitchen and seeing breakthrough in the lives of these homeless
3: yeah definitely um so i was going down there with um one of the guys from St. Paul's Outreach, I started telling him what I was doing. And we were driving down. I said, Hey, do you ever pray for words of knowledge? He had never done it before. And I said, I, I let him through it. And we just. Really
0: quick listeners. A word, words of knowledge is where God gives you supernatural revelation that you can't know by, by human means about people you're going to meet, details that you ha- uh, details about their life. And a sense of what God wants you to do for them for evangelization.
3: Yeah, so I would uh, I do this every time I go down there. And this day, I uh, we wrote them down. We wrote down some names. So I got the name Bob. I got the name Martha. I could see this guy's face as clear as anything. Bald head, gray beard, and the Lord was telling me I want to bring him peace. And then he was showing me. Um, this loaf of bread and I couldn't understand if, uh, it was actual bread that I was supposed to give to somebody. Uh, but then I also had the sense that I was supposed to tell somebody about the Eucharist because they have the blessed sacrament exposed there. They have a little chapel. Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful part about it. I can bring them in, show them Jesus. So um, I, uh, walk in the door and, um, one of the very first people i meet was this lady i had met her the previous week but i didn't know her name and i had prayed with her for her bronchitis and i said hey uh what's going on she says oh my bronchitis it's all gone you know i i'm all better thank you so much for your prayers and i said uh I, you know i'm i'm sorry but i forget your name and she said my name's martha Wow. And I pull out the piece of paper and I go, hey, Martha, look, I have been praying today and God told me that I was supposed to talk to you today. And she was so excited. and But she had a friend next to her and it was the guy that looked exactly um
0: and let me guess, his name was Bob.
3: His name was Bob. <laughs> yes. So I, again, I pull out the paper and show him. And the guy that was with me, and by this time, he's like, whoa, this is awesome. Yeah. And he's, um, so we talked to him for a while. And um, eventually, I mean, we just sat down with them. Um, it was so amazing because they knew that God had sent me to them. And then I knew that these were the people i'm supposed to be talking to Mm -hmm. and just loving on them so i'm just loving on this um Mm. these two people and i told you i had the sense that bob was supposed to receive peace so i prayed with bob and i said what's going on bob what and he goes this just immense peace is just coming over me and um he tried to stand up and he was all woozy you know because he was <laughs> just getting, getting hit so hard by the holy spirit and i'm just it was just awesome and um so then i'm talking to martha a little um while later and i asked her if she'd go in the chapel and pray with me and um she had never been in um a, a chapel uh Didn't know anything about the Eucharist. I was able to explain the Eucharist to her, pray in front of the monstrance with her, put my hands on her and pray. And a similar experience. She was just having this beautiful experience with our Lord. And um, after that, it was just this bond. Every week I would go back and Martha would be there and she would just ask me for prayers and same with Bob. And uh, Martha is in a home right now. She's got a house. Um, she was homeless at the time. And these are things we prayed for. We just prayed for God to provide mm, for her, mm-hmm. to bless her financially, to find a job for her. And he did all of those things. Wow. Wow.
0: Praise the Lord. <laughs> so good. And now, Brian, you feel like God's calling you? Tell us about the, the, the vision that God's put in your heart and what you're working to, uh, toward for next
3: season. Yeah. So... Just all these encounters with these people had led to a great desire to live amongst them. Uh, I really feel that being a presence in their lives is something that God wants me to do, so I really desire to have a house in that neighborhood it's um It's a very poor neighborhood afflicted by drugs and violence and but anyways um that's what I want to do. I want to live there. I want to get this house and I want to partner with somebody that wants to just bring supernatural experiences to their everyday life, whether that's going out during the day, whether that's just, um, taking them, praying with them, bringing them uh, clothes, taking them to a diner and just uh, having lunch with them. Like
0: being a missionary down being there. Being an
3: actual missionary, loving on them. And um,
0: and I know you're, you're training up some other students to be able to, to do this stuff too.
3: Yeah, and there's been a lot more interest. People um, hear the stories and they get excited, and more and more people are coming down, and I'm posting things on Facebook, and I get feedback. And they're they're saying, I can't wait to come down with you. And um, it's exciting. I can't wait to see what God wants to do. So I've been talking with my friend. He uh, refurbishes houses, and we're in the process of looking for a house. We're going to refurbish it. We're just going to start living there, and um, eventually I want to get more houses where I can meet these people, and they don't have anything to do during the day. I could say, "Hey, come with me. I got some work. Help us with this house," and um, just to give them the dignity to to start to work, and uh, maybe eventually get them into these houses yeah. and start transforming the neighborhood. But mainly, just bringing Jesus to them, praying with them. This is my greatest desire. This
0: is so good. So, if you guys want to learn more about uh, Brian, his mission, you can go to encounterministries.us. Click on the about us and you'll find Brian, his picture and a, a page dedicated to this. So um, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and take a break. Brian, thank you so much for sharing this story. You're listening to Encounter, a co-production of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, EWTN radio, and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. We'll be right back.
2: What does it mean to pray without ceasing? Discover a time-tested method rooted in the Psalms with Father Timothy Gallagher's A Layman's Guide to the Liturgy of the Hours. New from EWTN Publishing. These prayers of the Church can change your life. A Layman's Guide to the Liturgy of the Hours by Father Timothy Gallagher. Now available at EWTNRC.com or call 1-800-854-6316. EWTN, communicating the faith.
1: Called you guys a couple years ago telling you that I had an answer for your question. There's nothing going to stop me from becoming a Catholic. about to start my third year. It's been a beautiful journey. And some advice for people who are thinking about becoming Catholic. Oh my goodness, listen to EWTN. Day and night, it's just beautiful. Forget the mainstream media. Just stick to EWTN. You'll learn so much and you'll want to become a Catholic like now.
2: EWTN, live truth, live Catholic.
0: Welcome back to Encounter, Dan. That was incredible. Yeah, that was an amazing story. I, yeah, I, it, it's it's so interesting because um, I actually haven't heard all of Brian's testimony until now. So mm. just to know that <laughs> the amount of transformation that, that that God can do and what what he's what he's calling us into is incredible. Like I I see images of Brian actually bringing restoration to a depleted neighborhood. Like this is this neighborhood on the near west side of Columbus. Is the place where, like, all of the violent crimes are. And, like, you know, we think about that, and I I think so oftentimes we're, we kind of settle that, like, oh, that's just, like, Satan's territory. But God has a heart for that, and He's calling people into that. And to see the joy, the excitement that is upon Brian, to to see He's, like, He's trained, He's equipped to do the works of Jesus. He's doing the works of Jesus, and He's following Christ's heart. I mean, this is, this, this should be a call for everyone. I, I feel like, um, God could be is, is stirring up people that, that are listening right now to do something radical for God, and I just want to bless that call right there. Um, so that that's kind of what hit me
1: right there. Yeah, I think it's amazing. Um, what does what does Jesus do when He wants to fix the brokenness of this world? He He enters into the brokenness of this mm-hmm. world, right and. Uh, if we want to fix the brokenness of the world, we have to be willing to enter into it. And there's something radical about saying, I'm going to move. I'm going to buy a house and move into this neighborhood. Even though there's drugs, there's crime, there's violence, I'm going to bring the presence of Christ there. And, and literally as Christians, we, we are temples of the Holy Spirit, right? So mm-hmm. we carry the presence of God with us. And there's something powerful of saying like, you know what? If the presence of God isn't in this neighborhood, I'm going to take camp there and I'm going to a home there, and I'm going to bring the presence of God every day to people. So good. That's so good. So I'm I'm just
0: blown away right now. And before we pray, um, I just I, I want to pray especially for those people that God has a special call in their life, like the Saint Francis's of today that are going to be going, um, giving up everything, following Christ, and um, and to know that not only do we get to to have that, but we're we're armed with all of the the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So I just I want to pray for a special stirring up of, of those gifts as well. Does that sound good? Yeah, definitely. And I also feel like God actually wants to, uh, there's some conditions he wants to heal. So we're going to um, pray for words of knowledge right now. All right. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much for the testimony uh, that is over Brian O'Donnell's life. We thank you for calling him to the poorest of the poor. God, I thank you that you also are calling people, listeners on this show, to give up more to do something crazy, wild, amazing for you. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you would convict hearts right now. If there's anyone that's in addiction, bondage, we break those things in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray for a release of heaven's um, heaven's resources over them, heaven's freedom over them. St. Michael, we ask you to, to go and fly to anyone who, that, that needs to be delivered right now in the name of Jesus. I also have the sense that God is actually um, healing people with digestive issues right now. So um, I just feel like the Holy Spirit is just going through um, like stomachs that have been just bound up right now. So I just release healing over um, any digestive problems or diseases or even um, food, food allergies right now that are being healed. I
1: thank you, Father, for doing that in Jesus' name. Lord, I just pray for a release of um, courage to fall from heaven. I just feel there's uh, married couples who have uh, been getting a sense that God is calling you to a particular mission um, that you have been afraid uh, to respond to because you don't think it's uh, it works with your family life. And the Lord wants you to know that um, He he provides for all of your needs and he is your safety and your stronghold. So, Lord, I just pray for courage for any married couple who knows that God has a bit that you have a big call for their life, but they, fear is holding them back. I just break that bondage of fear and I release the freedom to do the Father's will. Come, Holy Spirit. We pray all this in Jesus's Jesus' name. name.
0: Amen. 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 That was so good. Yeah, praise so, the Lord. So um, once, once again, if R- Brian actually, if, if you feel called to support him, once again, you can go to encounterministries.us, click on About Us, and then you'll find Brian's page with all this information. We thank you so much for joining us on Encounter. Encounter is a co-production of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, EWTN Radio, and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. To learn more about us or our show, you can go to www.encounterradio.org. That's encounterradio.org. If you're interested in sharing your life-changing encounter with our audience, you can fill out your testimony and be considered as a guest for our show. We thank you so much and we pray that God gives you the grace to respond to every divine encounter he gives to you today. God bless you.